Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And Frank, it is the start of another week, and I'm a little bit down in the dumps because uh, I'm happy for my friends over in Milwaukee when I was, looked at my Twitter feed this morning and seen everyone out in the sun getting some much-needed fresh air during this tough time. But I've realized that it rained all weekend here in Australia it's very dark, it's cold, it's windy, it's really just shit, there's snow in the mountains and I've realised that while I was screwing myself normally by missing the Australian summer to go be in Milwaukee during the winter, the pandemic has now meant that I don't even get the enjoyable feeling of that, that first sun in Milwaukee after winter in May and into June and being out on the lake. It's tough times over here. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, whenever you talk about Australian winter, I just assume it's, you know, like fake, fake winter anyway. So um, it's like me complaining about, I assume it's similar to me complaining about Texas winters, which, um, you know, like winter, the real pain of winter to me is, you know, in January or February when I take my dogs out in the morning, you know, I have to put on a sweatshirt with my shorts. Like that's the the extent of my uh, my pain. So um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, and obviously I haven't lived in Wisconsin in a while, but, um, you know, I, I lived in Boston for a long time. So similar climate and, uh, there is something magical about like those first, yeah. uh, those first days in the spring and, and early summer where, you know, you're driving home at night. Like if you're, if you had a day job and you roll down your windows and it's warm enough that, <laughs> you know, you're not <laughs> freezing, rolling your windows down, um, and uh, sun's out, and and yeah, it, there's just that you know, the uh, the just the, the optimism just from the the weather getting better, and um, I mean that's that's the upside of of living someplace that has real seasons is I think you do appreciate you know the spring, summer, fall more coming off of of a real winter versus here in Texas, you know, or or Australia. Uh, not to not to say that the, the climate in Australia and, and Texas are exactly the same, but um, but you're just a little you're a little spoiled um, and, and a little soft. I'm, I am glad that I grew up in seasons because it definitely makes me appreciate, uh, you know, what, the, the nice weather. And we, in Texas, you get a lot of rain um, in the spring. Oftentimes, like, you'll, you know, like in the winter, it's not obviously about snow, but just obviously it's darker and, and everything. So um, past couple of weeks, it's been very sunny here. It's getting a little hot, very good for yard work, going for walks. Uh, around my neighborhood so um i have no complaints but but i i don't really have a right to complain typically anyway and wary of complaining about winter in australia there's no doubt about that but i've also i've been in milwaukee for the last two winters so it's fine i understand what it's all about i don't need anyone to tell me that it's it's not the same i get it but i will say that i'm happy for people like you said it can be good mentally and that that feeling of of maybe optimism as you said with the sun and i'm sure people were had uh, an enjoyable day today if they got a chance to get out. But 
it is Sunday as we're recording this, and that means The Last Dance was on. I haven't seen it yet. As everyone knows, we get it on delay here in Australia. I'm not sure if you've watched it, but just from scrolling through Twitter, there was a lot of Kobe stuff, certainly to start this episode by the looks. And it's interesting because for me, I, I, when, when I think about Kobe and the competitor that he was, from a Bucks perspective, you think about Giannis because of the drive that he gets and the inspiration he's taken from Kobe and his mentality towards the game. And Giannis tweeted something out the other day and he, he asked, first of all, he asked everyone to, to give their biggest takeaway from the Jordan documentary thus far. I said it was Scotty Burrell being an absolute party animal uh, that uh, disappointing his parents with this footage being revealed 20 years later. But Giannis said that his takeaway is that chasing greatness is a life mission. And it's interesting to me because, as I sort of mentioned, we know what he's taken from Kobe Bryant's career. And Giannis is 25, so Kobe was the guy for him growing up. And while I have no doubt that he's done his research on Michael Jordan and he's watched Michael Jordan highlights like the rest of us that are in our 20s and and weren't uh, living through those moments, I think that he's probably learning a lot from watching Michael Jordan and probably taking some inspiration from that. I will say, uh, let's just hope that that Giannis doesn't take it too seriously and turns into uh, abusing his teammates every practice to to make them get better. Let's hope he doesn't take that uh, from this documentary. But... I would imagine from seeing Giannis up close the last couple of seasons and from what everyone else knows about him and the competitiveness he has and the want to be great, he would be taking a lot from this. And it's just no surprise to me that he's fully locked into this documentary as the guy he is. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, as you said, I mean, Jordan is is probably a bit abstract for someone Giannis' age who's 25. Um, and you obviously you're a little older than that, but, um, you know, even for me, well, you know, I mean, you didn't um, I started out. following NBA. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, uh, I mean, first season I really paid attention to was 91, 92. So the bulls had just won their first championship. So I really like, I followed the bulls throughout the nineties. And as I've said, you know, I, I, I rooted for those teams over the Knicks and anybody else they were playing in the, in the East playoffs as well as in, in coming out of the West. So, you know, I was always a Jordan fan, you know, during that, the, the playoffs. And um, it, it's funny because I didn't, you know, I didn't watch them in the late 80s when they were kind of taking their lumps and having to get over the Pistons, right? So um, I think a lot of people sort of in my age range just sort of viewed, you know, Jordan as this kind of unstoppable force who just never lost, basically, right? I mean, you know, look at, you basically look at the 1990s other than, um when he came back in that abbreviated season when they lost to the Magic, and I guess it was 95, I guess, um, they never lost. <laughs> you know, like they just won every every year that Jordan was there, they they won the finals. And um, you just got used to Jordan just always pulling it out in whether it was, you know, game six, game seven, these these crucial matchups. You know, he was the guy who just never, never lost when it mattered. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it kind of became almost mythic. I think when you, you know, when, for, for someone like me who watched it, but, you know, really only saw the, just the absolute complete domination of the, the latter half of his career. And I don't know, it's just still, still remarkable to, to look at and, you know, to think that to, to kind of ponder, like, is, you know, is anybody going to be able to win as much as, as Jordan did? It's, it's just such a monumental feet to win six titles 
um, the way he did, right? Basically, like, you know, other, other than that, 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 you know, partial season where he came back um, to win basically your last six, you know, last six seasons essentially before obviously there was the, the Washington thing, but for all intents and purposes to win, you know, your last six seasons of your prime win titles, it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, like Bill Russell, obviously the, the incredible streak at championships with the Celtics, but I mean, there were what, like a third or a quarter as many teams basically at that. At that yeah. point. Like, you know, there were far fewer teams. You had to win two, maybe three rounds during the majority of, of Russell's career. And his teams were obviously pretty much stacked. So, um, you know, you, you kind of, you, you almost have to grade it on a curve, I think. Um, and now with, um, you know, with free agency, the way it is and, and the challenge of keeping teams together, um, you know, is, is any team, could, could any team win six titles in, in such a compressed time? Could any team win six titles over an extended period of time, right? I mean, the, you look at the Spurs and, you know, the titles they won, it took them 20 years to what, win five. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just remarkable. Uh, to to just sort of you know be able to re appreciate um, you know Jordan's legacy and and just the fact that that team just every every year in the playoffs they got it done and and to think that they almost went to the finals the first year after he was gone in in the when he went and played minor league baseball right famously the maybe phantom foul call on Scottie Pippen um, that Hugh Holland's called uh, against the Knicks when uh, uh, the Knicks got out of the the East finally so. Um, yeah, it's just remarkable. And, and again, obviously, you think that the last dance maybe shows it wasn't as smooth sailing always as uh, as maybe it seemed like, you know, in the 90s when I was a kid. We didn't know nearly as much about teams, but um, but pretty remarkable. And again, just an, an incredible bar it sets for, for, you know, whether it's Giannis, LeBron, um, all these guys, Kevin Durant, all these guys who are trying to attain greatness. Um, you know, just the, the, the individual accolades mixed with team success that Jordan had obviously is, is um, pretty incredible. Let me tell you about the great folks over at Built Bar. Today's episode of Lockdown Bucks is brought to you by Built Bar. It's an amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 incredible flavors, eight chocolate with nut, eight chocolate without nut. They're soft and easy to chew, but most importantly, they're great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And I got to tell you, at this time where we're in isolation and I'm sitting at home, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to stay healthy, I'm trying to also do this podcast right, do all the things I want to do. Built Bar is the perfect snack for in between when I'm working, when I'm outside, when I'm doing all the things I need to do to stay healthy during isolation. I can't recommend it high enough. And we've got a special offer for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. We do want to turn this to Giannis specifically, though. And we know that he is obviously in pursuit of a championship for Milwaukee and in Milwaukee as the, the MVP of this team. We know that he's about to we believe, regardless of what happens with this season, become a two-time MVP, which when you look at his age, still just 25 years old, he would become only the third player with Kareem and LeBron to win multiple MVPs before the age of 26. So he's certainly on a path, but in terms of where his all-time numbers are going to sit, I think it's an interesting conversation to have because he had such a slow start. And I was looking at these numbers earlier today. 
And you look at the first three seasons for Giannis, 2,875 points in 238 games. He averaged 12 points per game over the first 238 games of his career. He's played 284 games since. He scored 7,530 points at 26.5 points per game. The other thing that stands out, those 12 points per game came at 48% from the field. The 26.5 points over the last four seasons have come at 55%. This has been a guy that came into the league and flashed a lot of promise, was certainly very skinny, underdeveloped physically, and we've seen as he's gotten stronger, as he's, as he's become more comfortable at the level, every single year, including this year after winning an MVP, he just continues to get better. And it's actually scary, some of the numbers that he's starting to put up for a guy at his age when you consider the slow start that he had. When he reached 10,000 points, he's over 10,000 points right now, but when he reached that, he was the 11th. Uh, he had the 11th most points for a guy on his 25th birthday. The crazy stat for me is that he had 364 more points than Kareem, which I think actually might be more uh, of a credit to Kareem, the fact that how long he played for. And obviously, he was at college for a while there, and times have changed in regards to that. But when you look at Giannis's numbers and the trajectory he's on, what do you see for him? Because I know that you've spent some time looking at the numbers similar to what I, I have for the age group. But I, I just don't think there is any way that I could have predicted as as high as my projections could have been or would have been for him that after three seasons he would be where he is historically. And this is before you even include some of the personal accolades, which we know, four-time All-Star. I've already spoke about the MVPs, but soon to be four-time All-NBA and three-time All-Defensive uh, player. It's, it's been a, a ridiculous run once he really started to mature in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what is so interesting about him in a lot of ways is, um, you know, I mean, you mentioned like Kareem and, and guys of that ilk, you know, the guys from, let's say, pre, you know, 90s or so, um, you know, mid 90s when KG and Kobe lead the kind of prep to pros era, you know, that kind of is punctuated by LeBron in, in 03. And then, you know, they, they do away with uh, high schoolers coming straight to the NBA. Um, but, you know, for, for a long time, obviously, players came into the league at, you know, at least 20, 21, 22, um, and had, you know, much more developed um, games, bodies, et cetera, than guys who were coming in at 18 or 19. Even now, obviously. You know, 19-year-old kids after one college season, a lot of times these guys are not coming in and, you know, just going game busters right away. I mean, I think, you know, I'm fascinated to see, like, what Zion becomes just because, again, what Zion is doing right now or what what he was doing, uh, you know, even in the first few weeks of his pro career at, at 19, I mean, is incredible. Like, that's the numbers that he was putting up right out of the gate is just insane, you know, when you think about the, the learning curve that is typically involved in. Giannis is probably the most, I mean, it's probably hard to find a guy who had as steep of a rise as Giannis. Because I think there were, you know, you go back to like his rookie year, um, you know, the flashes are are not really things that bore themselves out statistically. Um, You know, I think, you know, you look at just his advanced numbers and the, um, you know, just the steep increase in those from, from his first, second to third, fourth, fifth, and even now. Um, you know, going throughout these, this first, you know, first part of this, you know, from late teens to early twenties to mid twenties. Now it's remarkable that a guy um, came in and, you know, a lot of times guys who become these super stars, 
they're more efficient. They put up better advanced numbers when they're, you know, 18 or 19, even if they don't put up big raw numbers. Um, but like Giannis is a rookie. I mean, there's, you know, he wasn't an efficient scorer. His, the advanced numbers weren't great. I think there were some underlying things there that, that um, kind of hinted at good things. Um, but really it was much more of an eye test type thing with him. Yeah, yeah. And for him to then just, you know, every year just improve by leaps and bounds. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Cause again, most, I think you look at guys, um, like I just pulled up um, value over replacement, like who, who, you know, basically the leaders through age, their age 25 seasons. And it's kind of an interesting mix of, um, you know, guys that uh, came into the league more advanced um, like Jordan and magic Jordan's second behind LeBron magic's fifth or sorry, sixth. Um, Tim Duncan 13th. Um, interestingly, because he just was basically too old. <laughs> he came in is he missed like an extra year. You know, guys like Giannis had an extra, you know, a couple of years basically to, to kind of, you know, pile up numbers. Um, and so it's kind of this mixture of the guys that, that came in and were awesome and played at this, you know, incredibly high level from the start. Um, like, you know, the, the Jordans, uh, magics, even like the, the Shaqs and, and Duncans. Um, and then guys who uh, were younger and had a bit, you know, steeper of a learning curve. I mean, Kobe may be one of the better comps just because Kobe, yeah, as much said. as we think of him, you know, we think of him now as having um, like a very, uh, like a very, you know, like he was famous very quickly, I, I guess you could say, you know, winning the dunk contest right away. Um, you know, his first three seasons look a lot more like Giannis than pretty much all these other guys. I mean, 7.6 points per game in his first season, 15.4 in his second season, um, 19.9 in his third season, and then in his fourth season, 22.5. That's actually pretty pretty similar um, to kind of Giannis's growth in a lot of ways. You know, and again, I'm just, I'm just looking at um, his, uh, uh, his scoring there, but, but some similar trends as well with his advanced numbers. You know, he started off, it's not even like he started off as some low minute, super high efficiency guy, um, you know, he, he really had to grow significantly there. And, you know, you look at a lot of numbers like BPM, uh, PER, I mean, you know, Giannis is beyond what Kobe ever accomplished by most of those types of metrics, which is pretty, pretty awesome uh, that, that, that Giannis is at that point. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing. And, you know, I guess just to catch good to a punch. Now this, this excludes, if I look at VORP, for instance, it excludes a lot of like the really old timer guys, just because we didn't have uh, the the numbers to to calculate Borp back then, but um, you know, going back, I mean, you do have guys like Magic, you know, for, for back to like 1980. So I mean, so this is basically the last 40 years, roughly. Um, Giannis is 10th in value over replacement through his age 25 season so far, uh, almost 30. Uh, Borp almost 30. LeBron running away with this number, 61.4. <laughs> Jordan second at 42.2. So doing this exercise, I think, kind of underscores how incredible LeBron is and how immediately dominant he was coming into this league. Um, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Just, you know, you, you just look at his, his, uh, his first few seasons in the NBA. I mean, by his third season, he was averaging 31 points a game. <laughs> you know, as you said, had two, had two NBA uh, MVPs by his age 25 season. And so, um, you know, Giannis's numbers are not going to look as good in the aggregate from his, you know, up through his 25, age 25 season, because he just took longer to get started. Um, but for Giannis to have, I don't want to say caught up to, to LeBron at age 25, um, but more or less, I mean, you know, the numbers Giannis is putting 
in his age 25 season versus what LeBron is doing. I mean, they're, they're both right there. I mean, there's numbers you can pull out that show Giannis was better than, than LeBron in those years. Um, and for both of them to be two-time MVPs, we're you know, pre- being presumptive here with Giannis a little bit, but that certainly s- seems to be all indications that he'll be a two-time MVP by the age of 25. Um, it's, you know, the, the best players in there, you know, it's called the first, you know, in the modern area, last 40 years um, through five seasons, it's pretty much LeBron and Jordan. And, you know, for Giannis to be in that discussion, at least, maybe not in terms of aggregate numbers, but in terms of like the heights that he has now reached and the level of domination that he has now attained. Um, you know, there are a lot of great players in this top 10, KD, T-Mac, Chris Paul, Magic, Kevin Garnett, Anthony Davis, Kobe, and Giannis. A lot of great players in there. Um, but again, Giannis and the level he's at right now is, is pretty incredible. Another guy maybe I would point to um, as being an interesting comp for, uh, for Giannis as far as like, you know, development-wise um, K- KG, another guy, probably interesting to look at. You know, he came in, obviously. He was an older uh, straight prep to program. He was a year older. He was 19 when he came into the league. But he averaged 10 points, six rebounds his first year. Um, I remember seeing him at the Timberwolves that year. And then um, you know, he didn't crack 20 points per game until his fourth year, despite the fact that he was playing in the high 30-minute-per-game range. So, you know, again, KG took took a little while to, to really get up to kind of what he became. And you know, really didn't peak, you know, like when you think about KG, the monster rebounds, the, the scoring, um, the shot blocking defense, all that, you know, that really didn't happen until, um, you know, his age 27, 28, you know, 26, 27, 28 years, really. So he had a bit of a longer developmental curve than a lot of guys, even though he came into the league, obviously, um, at a very young age. So, um, you know, again, all these guys, you know, <laughs> these, these great, incredible players, whether it's, you know, maybe a little bit behind some of these guys when you look at it, sort of uh, aggregate stats through this age 25 season. Um, but again, the level he has reached these past really three, four years, uh, as you were kind of alluding to, um, is, is sacks up there with pretty much anybody, you know, in the modern era. Well, this is the thing, and this is what I think about when I think about where Giannis could potentially end up, and we're projecting the long way ahead. We hope that he's still got another 10 years at least ahead of him. He certainly strikes me as someone that's going to play basketball for as long as he possibly can, but the the things that go into your standing among the game's greats when we think about the all-time greats right now and compare them mostly the guys that have finished, but also LeBron, who you pointed to, who, by the way, at uh, over 34,000 points as it currently stands. One of the unfortunate things about the this season being cut short, we'll see whether they go, get back and play, was the, the season that he was having. And I know we debated the MVP a lot with, with Giannis and LeBron, but we're, we're very comfortable that Giannis was going to win that anyway. So we can praise LeBron a little bit on this podcast. And he's probably... Within two seasons, two to three seasons of passing Kareem on the all-time scorers list, which, you know, I, I really think or felt that that was in jeopardy when you go back to last season and the fact that he missed those games and you're like, well, okay, this guy's been such a, a warrior for his entire career. Is he now going to have some of these injury problems that we see? Catch up with people when they're older and he's bounced back, played just about every game. So certainly the bronze status, when, you, when you're looking at points and everything else that he's done, uh, that's why he's in that conversation. But for Giannis, this is what makes it so incredible to me. You talk about Garnett and the fact that uh, players in that ilk where those individual awards even came a little bit later in their career. 
Giannis had the slow start, and he's already <laughs> he's already compiling compiling all those all those awards. He's going to about to pick up his second MVP. I, I think that a lot of things go into this, but the fact that Giannis is going to just continue to to add those. I mean, you think about the All NBA selections he's going to have, health permitting. He's almost an automatic All-NBA guy. He's going to be an All-Star. He's going to be one of those players that ends up being a 10-time All-Star. Already has two MVPs. Maybe he adds a third, which then puts you in to another category altogether. And if he adds a couple of Defensive Player of the Years on top of that, uh, really, if, and there's a long way to go here, he can pick up a title or two, then his resume is stacking up. Uh, amongst anyone. I mean, you talk about Jordan with the six titles and obviously Bill Russell, even Kobe with the five. But, uh, you know, that is how you build that individual resume. I know we spoke a little bit about Chris Milton last week in regards to where he stands amongst the Bucks. But Giannis is going to... I mean, if he signs this Supermax that we think, he's going to obliterate every single franchise record. He's already seventh in scoring right now. He's 535 points behind Marcus but he's only 3,700 points behind Kareem for the franchise record in in scoring and now we know that's because Kareem left but not only is Giannis very very quickly going to become the best player in franchise history if he's not already with these individual awards and the rate that he's scoring at he's going to be among the all-time greats to play the game again health permitting there's only 22 guys that have scored 25,000 plus points in the history of the NBA, there's only seven that have played. Uh, there's only seven that have topped thirty thousand. We know that guys are scoring at different rates now. And you think about a guy like James Harden, who's already at twenty thousand plus. He's eventually going to be the guy that cracks that top ten. But Giannis, at the rate he's scoring now, he's basically become a guy that puts up eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred points per season, and he's been remarkably durable himself. We spoke about it a little bit, but this knee injury was such a a scare, I think, for everyone because we just haven't seen him miss extended games. To that point, he'd never missed three games in a row in his career, or I guess he still hasn't. So durability, the individual resume, and then obviously titles. Giannis is already compiling everything outside of the title to suggest that he's on the path, as he says, to greatness at the age of 25 already. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things like uh, total points. I mean, again, you just look at somebody like Giannis playing for the Bucks, who obviously, you know, under Bud have put a much bigger emphasis on managing his load during the season and yeah. in terms of minutes, um, that that will ultimately obviously kind of hurt um, him relative to uh, guys like you know who played in the even going into the early two thousands um, and just played monster minute loads. Um, so I, I think that'll be something that will have a um, dampening effect on you know anybody who's coming into the league now uh, just they're just not going to play as many minutes uh, per season as, as these other guys most likely um, you know guys who play 36 now probably would have played 40 you know, 20 years ago they're still scoring um, the same like, amount though that's that's the that's the crazy thing about it you, you you talk about that and you're right but Giannis is still averaging 30 points a game in his 30 minutes it's it's that's the the crazy thing about it is the guys are still getting the points Right, but they also will miss games. You know, yeah. guy, like the idea of guys just playing 82 games a season or having that be a goal is just not really a thing anymore, right? So, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're if you missing 10 games a season, just in terms of like rest or, you know, not being pushed when you're dinged up, um, you know, if you average 30 points a game, that's 300 points a year, you know, that you're you're leaving on the floor yeah. um, just through kind of games missed. So I think those those two things combined, obviously, 
um, reduce things. And, and again, you know, it's also just leaving some upside on the table. I mean, if Giannis, you know, I think I don't have it in front of me right now, but, you know, Giannis and Harden, you know, they were putting up top three, four all-time points per 36 seasons, uh, basically just behind that Wilt season, <laughs> the Wilt 50-point-per-game <laughs> season, which they really were not very far off of when you, you know, account for the fact that Wilt averaged over 48 minutes per game that season. So, um, you know, points per minute, you know, Harden and Giannis have had just absolutely historic um, efforts these these past couple of years, especially Giannis this year and, and Harden the last two years. Um, but they're obscured a bit because they just, you know, well, Harden still plays a lot of minutes, but, you know, even Harden's not playing 40 minutes and Giannis obviously isn't anywhere close to, to that type of type of load. So, um, you know, probably better for their, their long-term durability. Obviously that's the, the trade-off that you hope to see in on the flip side is that you hope that this means you hope that this helps Giannis, you know, maintain a, a super high level into his late twenties and early thirties. And obviously, you know, to, to say that he's going to be able to do what LeBron's done in terms of his long-term durability. I mean, that's obviously uh, a bit of a leap, right? I, I don't know how many humans we're ever going to see in our lifetimes uh, be able to maintain LeBron's level um, through, you know, his mid and, and now entering late thirties even. Um, but uh, certainly that, that, that's the big X factor to me is, you know, just health and, you know, over time um, there's the physical wear and tear, but then also just, you know, how do you adapt your game? And, a guy like LeBron obviously physically still looks incredible, but he's also, you know, a super cerebral player um, who thinks the game as, as well as anyone. And, you know, for a guy like Giannis, I think we've seen him um, throughout his career show more intelligence and awareness and you know, his ability to, to kind of combine just the natural instincts of knowing what to do um, with being able to kind of become more selective and thoughtful about how he attacks. Um, and of course, you, you hope that he continues to just do that. And that's obviously one of the hallmarks of great players, right? I mean, you know, if, if you could figure out a way to game plan Giannis or LeBron or any of these guys, um, they wouldn't have continued to get better and, and dominate in the way they have. But, you know, so, so that's why I always kind of laugh when people talk about like, you know, teams figuring out Giannis or something like that, or like, oh, you can game plan. It's like, well, okay, you know, he hasn't been a secret for, you know, years now right and he just gets better and better every year so if, if there was a game plan that could like stop him well you know that was actually something replicable like you know certainly what toronto did in the latter half of last season's ecf that was just something any team could do then i think more teams would be trying to do it yeah. but it's just really really hard to do and obviously honest year after year just continue to get better continue to think the game better and um you know with the exception of maybe like the free throws this year um, you can see he's made, it's made strides, obviously, in terms of, you know, the skill parts of the game and, and even as sort of the, the focus on him has, has increased. Yeah, and, we, and the, the reason why, for me, why, similar to you, uh, I do compare him to a guy like LeBron is because that's the level he's put himself in in terms of the MVP play that he produces on the floor and also the all-round game that he possesses. And when I look at LeBron and the 10.6 assists per game that he's averaging this year, and also combine that with the fact that the season before last, so you take out the first season in LA where he only played 55 games, but the season before that, 9.1 assists per game with Cleveland. This is LeBron changing his game a little bit and looking after himself and looking after his body a little bit more. And that will be an interesting thing for Giannis. The obvious thing everyone thinks of is the jump shot, but we saw a lot this year of him trying different things in the post, adding in different moves to his game, that, uh, that fadeaway jump shot that became 
pretty reliable, considering that this was the first season that we really saw it unleashed in totality, the three-point shot we know. So I agree, because you can't really sit here and rely on the fact that he's going to be this athletic beast that he is right now into his 30s. And you cross your fingers that he stays healthy, but if the, you know he has any other type of injury, and even just twisting your ankle, rolling your ankle, these things add up. So he will have to adapt and develop, but as you pointed to, He's come back every season, literally every single season, including after winning an MVP with added strings to his bow. So I don't think that's a concern. But this is a fun thing to talk about. And it's been fun for me to think about over the last few days, not only watching The Last Dance, but looking at Giannis's tweet and imagining how engaged he is in this documentary because he is a guy that perhaps more so than, than other great players is is openly willing to talk about guys that he idolizes and obviously Kobe was one of those but he talks about wanting to be great and understanding what it takes to be there and also being willing to accept that he is watching others and learning from others and that's not always something you see from a player of, of that category but it's also nice just to remember as you always point out how fortunate we've been to watch this guy over the last few years and hopefully get to see him finish off this season but uh, just a, an incredible campaign that he was putting together this season after even I was wondering, I, I don't know. I don't know about the fact that he says he's at 60, 70% or whatever that number was. He said it sounded like a ridiculous thing to say, but I don't think anyone at this point can doubt Giannis because typically if you do, he ends up proving you wrong. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, whenever next season starts, we're going to do our over-unders and we're going to have to, again, <laughs> you know, do the Giannis, like, is he going to average more points? Is he going to do this or that? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll say it already. I've, I'm general principle. I'm, I'm never going to bet on, on him not getting better in some, 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 some capacity because that's just the kind of guy he has proven to be year in and year out. And um, he's, I, you know, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, he's a guy for a guy who didn't really grow up around the game in the way that a lot of, you know, people in America have the fortune to do, you know, watching games just on TV and sitting around the house and, you know, um, being able to go to games and see guys up hand. I mean, obviously Giannis didn't really have that ability as a kid, right? I mean, it was hard for him to watch games and, and you know, he really kind of had to kind of pick his spots until he was really in his like mid teenage years when he started to really play himself. So um, it's, it's interesting how much, you know, reverence he has for, um, kind of the people that came before him and how he does try to learn, even if, you know, maybe it wasn't as, as easy for him to consume, you know, watching those guys, right? I mean, I always think of him not really knowing much about Jason Kidd's career. You know, some of that I think was kind of a joke, but, you know, he, he didn't seem to really know that much about Jason Kidd until kind of he was his coach and he's like, oh, okay, we'll figure out how good this guy was. Um, but, you know, again, if you're a random kid growing up without a lot of money and, you know, without a lot of time in, in Athens, um, you know, it kind of makes sense. So um, it is cool that that he has shown that you know that that ability to to want to learn, even if he doesn't want to work out with guys <laughs> with yeah. guys that he plays against. Um, you know, I think we saw, especially with the Kobe stuff, um, he obviously does really appreciate um, you know these guys that kind of came before him and, and the guys that have that that work ethic and mentality. And um, you know, Kobe challenged him to the to MVP, he won the MVP, and now. Now it's just that title, the next thing. And again, you know, you, you just compare where he is relative to kind of the guys that came before him. Um, you know, he's he's still even even if they had won a championship this year or they do win a championship this year, whatever you want to think about it. Um, you know, he'd be ahead of schedule, right? And I think that's something that 
people always lose sight of, right? Like everybody's always media wise. I mean, people always try to knock down people who haven't gotten over the kind of the top of the mountain yet. Um, when I think we should be more realistic and just acknowledge that it, it takes a while, you know, it, it takes a while to get there. You know, Jordan, I think what he was born in 63 and didn't win his first title till 91, you know, summer 91. So 28 years old. Um, you know, I think LeBron was what, 27, I think, uh, I want to say when, when he won his first title with the heat, um, that's just sort of generally the natural cycle for, for guys to, to win at, at the highest level. And, uh, you know, you get sort of the, the outliers like Kobe winning with Shaq because, you know, Shaq was in his prime and, and Kobe happened to be younger or Dwayne Wade also riding kind of with Shaq a little bit, although Wade was the best player on those, uh, that, that Miami team that won. But, um, you know, for the most part, um, guys, you know, in the modern era have really had to go through their, their struggles and to, to earn it. And, um, obviously with the honest, you hope that he doesn't have to go through too much more to get to that level of, of winning uh, a championship. But, um, you know, again, I think we just a reminder to appreciate kind of the journey and, um, not be too impatient with it either. I, obviously as Bucks fans, we've had a tremendous ride watching his evolution from, you know, again, that skinny kid that, showed the flashes but didn't necessarily have the consistency as a rookie to obviously the guy right now that is you know the single most dominant player on the planet he's 25 i think that's the number that i always have to remind myself because you forget because he is so great and it is so rare to see a guy uh play at this level at that age after the path he has taken but that was a a fun chat it's always fun to talk about how great Giannis is we haven't done it for a little while and for those that did watch the last dance Last night, I guess that was episode five and six. I think there was a a prominent figure from past Bucks and current Bucks that a lot of people recognize. I saw some people tweeting about this person. I could throw a little tease out there. Stay tuned. We might have some fun conversation coming up on the podcast. But outside of that, I have to again remind you, listen to Chad Ford's Big Board podcast. He was on the pod last week, live from Hawaii. <laughs> we spoke about a couple of the prospects that the Bucks might be looking at picking whenever the draft is to happen. So you can go back and listen to that one if you want. But Frank, for now, I think we can leave it there. We spoke about Giannis for long enough. We could probably go for another hour or two. So thank you for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll speak to you guys next time.